Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Tuesday morning by Andrew Erickson. And by our guest, it's Theo Greminger of Player Profiler. Theo, thank you so much. I believe this is certainly the first time I've been on the show with you, so it's great to meet you. But first time on Fantasy Pros as well? Yeah, first time on Fantasy Pros. I've had a bunch of you guys come on our, our podcast at Player Profiler. So stoked to come uh, you know, into your house because you guys have been in my house so many times. Well, we are really appreciative of you making the time to join us here. We are headed into week 11. As always, we have a jam-packed show, so we will dive right in. We are talking buy low, sell high, running backs here to start. Running backs. And guys, when I was looking through our data in Fantasy Pros My Playbook to determine who the most traded running backs were that we were going to talk about at the top of the show, one name stood above the rest. In fact, Tony Pollard has been traded more in the last day, more than twice as often as any other running back in football. So people are either buying low or they're selling high right now. Not a whole lot of holding. Erickson, I'll start with you. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Tony Pollard currently? I'm going to buy Tony Pollard. I, I know that a lot of trade deadlines are coming up, and this is probably your last chance, and I get it. He he can't find the end zone. The greatest battle is between Tony Pollard and the end zone. The greatest historic battle that's been happening here in 2023. But the way I look at it is, look, they're playing the Panthers this week. Last year, the Panthers gave up the biggest regression games to Joe Mixon and Mike Evans. Those guys could not score touchdowns all season long until they played the Panthers and they scored not one, not two, like three touchdown games, just like monster games. And if Tony Pollard's ever going to score a touchdown, like it has to be this week. Like I get last week he was slated up to do it, but the Cowboys, it must be a bit at this point because they were getting <laughs> literally anyone else to score a rush, not even like receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Besides Tony Pollard, like Lamb had a rushing touchdown. Dak had a rushing touchdown. Dowdle had a rushing touchdown. It's like, it's a bit at this point, right? It has to be. So again, I think that they're still committed to him as a starter. You know, w- w- from what I was watching from that game, it didn't really seem like Dowdle's really like, I don't think his role has really changed that much. He's still the backup. Obviously got more playing time because they were blowing out the Giants, but still Pollard out carried him 11 to four in the first half. Pollard's still getting the first opportunities in the red zone, just hasn't converted them. So look, I'm just going to follow the math here and, and say like, look, he can only have so many touches without scoring a touchdown against the Panthers who are the league's worst run defense, especially when it comes to giving up rushing touchdowns. Like this is the spot. This is the spot for Tony Pollard. So um, if I'm hurting, you know, I don't have a lot of upside of my roster. Tony Pollard is dirt cheap. God, people do not want him. People like, or don't want to start him anymore. People want to start Rico Dowdle instead of Tony Pollard. I'm like, guys, like that's not the case. Like he's still the starter. So for me, I'm going to buy. Theo, are you buying, selling, or holding? And also, do you kind of buy into the narrative I've seen lately of like maybe Zeke actually was helping out Pollard a bit? I think there's something to be said with that where, you know, you have a, a kind of a back kind of protecting the secondary back. It's kind of like the Jalen Warren, Najee Harris argument where Jalen Warren looks a lot more explosive. Jalen Warren rips off the big plays, but, you know, he's not taking those hits that Najee Harris is is absorbing. But I don't know, with Tony Pollard, 
I am a little bit more worried than Andrew is. And I think for me, if I have him, I'm going to like a, kind of like just begrudgingly hold unless I get a, you know, a kind of a decent offer. But if I get a decent offer that I can pivot off of him, I think I'm doing that. It seems like post bye week, it's been kind of a pivot over to like a, this is CD Lamb's offense. And I think that's kind of the best thing that they can do. And you're starting to see the other pass catchers also producing. Um, but for me, it's Pollard just doesn't look nearly as explosive as he has in years past. I think that the injury mattered more than maybe we gave weight to in the in the offseason. I do agree with Andrew that he's the ba- he's the starter. Uh, Dowdle is not going to like take his job. But right now he has the lowest yards per carry of his entire career with 3.9, the lowest yards per reception at 6.6, and his longest run from scrimmage is 31 yards. Every other year in his career, he's ripped off longer runs than that. Um, I'm just, if he's not getting touchdowns and we're depending on him being a touchdown dependent kind of RB2, then for me, he's either a hold or a sell rather than a buy. I want to run through some actual trades that have happened. These have all been done in the Fantasy Pros My Playbook app. These are real-life trades. I want to get your guys' opinion on them. Some big names being moved for Tony Pollard. So, Theo, would you trade Tony Pollard for Travis Kelsey if you needed a tight end? 100%. How about Tony Pollard for Cooper Cup? Yes, I think that's the kind of pivot that I would look to make as well. One more here. Uh, Tony Pollard and Jalen Waddell. For Jonathan Taylor and Nico Collins. Again, that, that's Pollard and Waddle for Jonathan Taylor and Nico Collins. I'm going to probably stick with the, the Pollard and uh, Waddle side for that one. Erickson, what do you think about those trades? Again, it was Pollard for Kelsey, Pollard for Cup, Pollard and Waddle for Taylor and Collins. Any of those stand out to you? I actually, it's funny, I, I, as I talk about wanting to buy Pollard, the one I actually like the most is actually getting Jonathan Taylor because I like JT the rest of the season. Like, I think that he can be top five running back. I mean, he's totally deleted Zach Moss from that backfield in terms of the targets and the touches. So, um, you know, I moved JT ahead of Pollard in my rest of season rankings. He's my RB five rest of season, even though he's on a bye week this week. So, um, I would want to get Jonathan Taylor. I see that as a massive upgrade, you know, moving on from Pollard and Waddle's obviously been kind of hit or miss this year, but you could say the same about Nico Collins, like pretty hit or miss. And I don't love the schedule necessarily for the Dolphins um, rest of season. So I will take uh, JT, who I think is just the best player uh, in that deal. Pollard has dropped to RB13 in our expert consensus rest of season rankings. Jonathan Taylor's RB4. He's actually moved up even higher than Erickson has him. Uh, so the uh, the consensus would agree with you on that being an upgrade there, Erickson. Can you guys believe we're already this deep into the NFL season? We've got to make every second count. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on any matchup. This week, we've got a couple of head-to-head matchups in the best division in football with the Ravens and Bengals squaring off on Thursday night football while the Browns and the Steelers go head-to-head on Sunday. Both of those lines are at 3.5 on DraftKings right now. Plus, we've got an amazing Monday night football matchup with Eagles Chiefs. Kansas City is laying a field goal at home in that one. I cannot wait to watch all of these games and definitely to bet them as well. However you guys plan to bet those games, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score just 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Fellas, let's move to our next most traded running back, and it's Keaton Mitchell. Obviously, an explosive you know, few runs here, not getting a ton of touches, been extremely efficient with the touches he has gotten across the last two games. So I'm really curious to see where both of you guys come down on him. Theo, we'll start with you this time. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Keaton Mitchell right now? For me, I'm going to take an optimistic approach, and I'm either buying or holding. I think if I'm going to sell Keaton Mitchell, it's got to be for like a, a – and I'm interested to hear – you know, some of the trades that went down, Ryan, because to me, I think it's a self-scouting. And I think Baltimore's got to look at Keaton Mitchell as a guy who right now could be their most explosive player on offense. Uh, you know, the 200 yards on 14 touches is is unsustainable, but it's there. And he's a threat to house it every single time he gets the ball. And these are his only first two games as a pro and he's been able to do this. So I'm going to take an optimistic approach on Mitchell. I know a lot of people are very scared of the volume and they're looking at this as their like opportunity to cash out. But for me, it's definitely a hold or if somebody's looking to sell and I don't have to overpay, I'm happy to take them on my roster. And the Justice Hill snaps, sorry to interrupt you, the Justice Hill snaps, I'm interested to hear Andrew's opinion on this because 14-13 on the snaps with Justice Hill I think he can absorb all of those snaps, and I think Justice Hill can really be relegated. Gus Edwards is not going away. He's a thing. Uh, you know, he's got a clear role in the offense, but Mitchell's different than what they have, and I think coming off of a loss, divisional game against Cincinnati, I think you could see his usage amp up. Yeah, the we have some more listener questions from Twitter coming later, but I wanted to mention one of them now because it was about Keaton Mitchell. The question was, Keaton Mitchell, real potential and worth a lot of fab, potentially, if he's still available. Results are a bit misleading with one big play and few opportunities. I don't think that's entirely right. I think from a macro level, he's right. It hasn't been just one big play, though. It's been like four or five on these still very few limited opportunities. But it's not just that he broke one long run. It's been a long catch. They've gone after him in, you know, like with a wheel route they try attempted, you know, in this last game. They're trying to get him more usage. At least they did in the early part of the game. They didn't really give him enough touch in the second half but it's been more than one big play is my ultimate point so Erickson I'm curious you are a guy who who really puts a lot of value in the usage that guys are getting and the volume so where do you come down on Mitchell buying selling or holding yeah I think for me it's going to be either a buy or hold for Mitchell I, I understand the argument of trying to sell high also but I think that you can't really sell high on waiver wire guys like I really don't think that's something that actually works Unless it's a very long sample size, like, like even like Puka Nakua, for example, like everyone picked him up, but it like took a while for people to kind of like, okay, now he's like actually like a firm asset where, you know, if Keaton Mitchell has like a dud game, like you could see him get dropped. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's worth selling because I don't think you're going to get a lot for him. So for me, it's a hold buy opportunity because yes, the touches have not been there, but I think we have to give credit to how good he has looked. And 
what do coaches do, right? And this goes back to, you know, I was pounding the table for Jalen Rager unders, right? In the receiving game for the Patriots because he got opportunities, but he was horrible with them. So what did the team do? They hadn't played one snap on offense because he didn't do good or didn't do well with his touches. Keaton Mitchell, he's doing well with his touches. And it's not in the box score, but he also dropped another touchdown. Worm, I'm sure you can attest to that. Like he dropped a touchdown on another big play that he could have had. So yes, he had a big play, but he could have had another, even another big play. I agree. He's the most explosive player on that offense that again, OBJ is not going to rip off a slant for a touchdown every single week. Like he is our most explosive player. So especially with their bye week still coming up, they can get him more involved in this offense. So I think his role is actually going to grow. I think he can totally um, dethrone Justice Hill. And we look at the Ravens, their schedule has been really favorable. They've been able to feed Gus Edwards leading in games as their banger back. When they're down 10 nothing against the Bengals on Thursday night, again, maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. But in tougher matchups, they need a guy like Heat Mitchell to get back in the game on offense. So that's the way I see it, the situation. Um, I'd also be a Gus Edwards seller, of course, like I am every single week. But for that reason, I would also buy Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where obviously, like as a Ravens fan, I watch every snap of this team. I've, I can't remember the last time I saw a running back that had this kind of juice. It's just eye test alone. It looks different when he breaks away. And he's also creating these open field opportunities. They're not just like, oh, this hole opened up and he happens to have the speed to take advantage. He's breaking tackles and then pulling away, like seemingly with ease. To me, the bigger concern is is just health. Like he started the season on IR. He is a little guy. Like I do just worry about that in the back of my mind. But like in terms of the efficiency, like – I almost don't care if he doesn't get that many more touches. I think he will. I, I think you guys are both right. I think he will absorb most of Justice Hill's touches as long as he's good in pass protection. But, like, it just looks different when he's got the ball in his hands. I want to throw out some of these trades. Theo, we'll start with you here. Keaton Mitchell for Deontay Foreman. 100% Keaton Mitchell. How about Keaton Mitchell and James Conner for Puka Nakua? I might go with the unless I was really, really starving for running back production. I think I'm going Puka Nakua on that one. And the other one here, some bigger names, Keaton Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson for Devonta Smith. I might take that. That's a that's a very tough one. I I want to I want to take the running backs. But, you know, with the Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, potentially missing a yeah. month, you know, keep Devonta Smith, uh, you know, being red hot. Gosh, that's a really, really hard one. I want, you know, it's like the the heart is saying go with Keaton Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson, but the head is saying go with Devonta Smith. Yeah. Erickson, what do you think about any of those? I'll run through them again for you. It's Keaton Mitchell for Deonta Foreman, Keaton Mitchell and James Conner for Puka Nakua, and then Keaton Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson for Devonta Smith. Are you making any of those, Erickson? I, I love the Deontay Foreman one. I actually just checked my rest season rankings. I had them back to back. Um, I actually just moved Keaton Mitchell one spot ahead of Deontay Foreman because I think that's like a really sharp move to make. You know, this Bears backfield, number one, has a horrible schedule coming up. Number two, it's going to be like a four-headed monster with all the guys when Khalil Herbert comes back. And Foreman has been productive. Like, you can definitely move Foreman after he's been really productive for the Bears, even if he's like the 1A in this backfield. It's a piece of a backfield that I do not want any part of. And the fact that they were both waiver wire guys, this is a deal I think you can make. And I think that the Deontay Foreman manager will probably click it without even thinking twice about it. Like, oh, he's getting all the volume. Like, come on. Like, this is easy. So I think Mitchell, this is a really sharp play as a long play, whereas Foreman has obviously been the bigger producer the last couple of weeks. 
Those are all real trades that have gone down. But before you guys make any trades yourself, you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week, the rest of the season, even beyond for dynasty leaguers. Stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Guys, let's get into the buy low running backs. Theo, starting with you, who is your top buy low running back? So this guy has not been a guy who is like incredibly low in terms of, you know, his his ranks in terms of running backs. But it's a guy whose production lately has been kind of uninspiring. Um, and that's DeAndre Swift. So kind of a recency bias. Uh, you know, you, the guy has had two recent games where he's failed to get 11 PPR points. So I think the DeAndre Swift manager might be getting a little nervous that, you know, maybe a little bit of regression from his early season success. But there's been some very, very positive, uh, you know, takes with the amount of snaps he's been playing. He's had 65 plus percent of snaps in week seven, eight and nine. And I brought up the Dallas Goddard injury for the Devonta Smith trade. I think that this could be a big help to Swift and also potentially just a little bit more Gainwell. I think they're, they're going to have to utilize their running backs more in Philadelphia now. And I think that what's exciting is we've already seen him have a six target game and an eight target game in week five and six. I think that could be kind of the norm. I'm really curious because I think this is an organization that gets it. We, we talk about self scouting during bye weeks. I think the offense is going to look slightly different. I think there's going to be more DeAndre Swift utilization. Um, and they have some difficult games coming up. You know, they have the Bills. They have the 49ers. There's going to be opportunities for him to be used as a pass catcher. I think we're going to see multiple games for Swift um, with high volume, high percent of snaps, and potential for higher targets, target share. Yeah, the next four games at Kansas City, home against Buffalo, home against San Francisco, at Dallas, then at Seattle after that. But weeks 16 and 17, when it's winning time in the fantasy playoffs, he gets home against the Giants and home against the Cardinals. So it also lightens up really nicely there for a strong finish. Swift is currently RB8 in our expert consensus rest of season rankings. Do you think that's too high, too low, or about right, Theo? I think it's about right. And I think that the your expert uh, consensus is more accurate for where he should be. But I don't think the trade market is going to value him as RB8. I think you can get him for slightly cheaper as well. I think that there's always kind of a little bit of doubt when it comes to Philadelphia running backs, even with the success they have. Um, and I think there's always a little bit of fantasy fear with DeAndre Swift that he's going to get hurt and miss some time. Erickson, before you jump into your top by low running back, where do you have uh, Swift rest of the season? Do you think eight's about right too? Yeah, so I have him actually at RB7, and I feel pretty good about where I have him, like the running backs ahead of him. It's McCaffrey, Etienne, Eckler, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, and Bijan, and then I have Swift. So like, you know, Pollard, I, I would move Pollard to get Swift. I would move Josh Jacobs to get Swift. Like, I would rather have my wagons attached to this Eagles offense than with Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. Like, I know Jacobs has gotten a lot of, I think that's a trade you can probably get done too. Like, you can probably move Jacobs to get Swift, but, or maybe even Saquon Barkley. So that's kind of where I view um, Swift. All right. Who's your top by low running back, Erickson? Yeah, so I mentioned him when I was talking about my rest of season rankings inside the top five. Like, I have Brees Hall RB4 because I absolutely love his schedule rest of season. 
and he's getting all the work in the New York Jets backfield. Like they're playing the Buffalo Bills this week. The Bills, <laughs> again, as disappointing as the Patriots are, I don't think any team has been more disappointing versus expectation than the Buffalo Bills this season. Like they can't get out of their own way and they're just giving away games to teams. <laughs> so they're down bad right now. I think the Jets can take advantage, especially on the ground game. I know Brees Hall was disappointing against the Raiders. And I know that the Jets like haven't been able to score a touchdown. It's like this like extremely long streak, even though Zach Wilson scored a touchdown and they got called back and then they didn't score at all. I think that's going to regress positively in favor of Brees Hall. Again, he's getting healthier. This was always the play with Brees Hall, even back to draft seasons, like second half, like the Jets schedule eases up in the second half of the year. This is when you want Brees Hall. Maybe Aaron Rodgers comes back. Like I would not make this trade solely based on that, but if he does great, like we'll take it. But I think Brees Hall has shown us enough with the up, up, uh, uptick in snaps that he's getting um, uses in the passing game and just the schedule overall, especially with the bills this week. Uh, I think Brees Hall is a guy that I definitely want to buy and you can get him because the jets offense, nobody wants them, but it's so concentrated around Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson that that's enough, in my opinion, if the touchdowns come for Brees Hall to be a, a potential lead winner down the stretch. Yeah, Theo, I want to get your opinion on Hall as well. I mean, he's RB5 in ECR, but sort of similar to like we're talking about with Swift. I don't know that that's where the trade market would necessarily value him. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back games in half PPR with, you know, RB27 finish, RB30 finish, not cracking double digits in either of those games. So where do you have Hall uh, in your rest of season rankings? And do you think five is about right for him? I'm with Andrew. I think I think five's about right. I it's the I think that the yards per carry have been really really disappointing, but he's insulated by the fact that he's such a good receiver out of the backfield, and it's a very you know the offense is not good, but at least it's very consolidated. So we can have a great expectation that it's going to be a lot of Brees Hall and a lot of Garrett Wilson, and I do think that he's too talented a player that he's not going to rip off a couple of big runs and you're going to see that yards per carry move up a little bit. I'm with Andrew. I want to have very, very talented players that I think are going to end the season well. So if somebody in your league is getting a little bit nervous, uh, I I think it's a good time to kick the tires on Brees Hall. And I do think there's a little bit of a, I don't want anything to do with the New York Jets offense. I don't mind getting rid of these guys because I don't want to have to be part of like a potential Zach Wilson train wreck but I'll take the the optimistic side. Give me some Brees Hall. Give me some Garrett Wilson. I think those two guys are going to end the season very, very well. They're very, very talented players, and we love consolidation. Theo, I want to stick with you here as we move to our sell-high running backs. Who's your top choice here? Well, I think you have a really good window right now uh, to sell Ken Walker. And this past week, Ken Walker gets the long touchdown reception. Um, you know, he's he ends up with 19 carries, but... We've now had three straight weeks of him being outsnapped by Zach Charbonnet. You also have Zach Charbonnet being more efficient on first down uh, conversions. I mean, it's these eight to three on first down conversions. There's like some fear in the back of my mind that you're going to continue to see Zach Charbonnet kind of amping up his usage. You're already see him getting. You're already seeing him getting the snaps. You're already seeing him getting more targets than Ken Walker. I I'm fearful for this. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for Ken Walker managers to sell high based on the fact that he had the big explosive play. That's going to be, you know, in everyone's mind. I mean, Ken Walker is a very good player, a very, very talented running back. He's got the ability to make big plays and win fantasy weeks, but I, you cannot depend on a guy with unsustainable volume 
when there's a younger back that's a threat to him right behind him. If I knew that the guy was going to get 65% of snaps, I'd be all about it. But when I have to worry about him getting sub 50%, I worry a lot. So I'm taking the opportunity to sell high this week. Um, and I think you're going to see more Charbonnet than you want to see if you're Ken Walker manager. Erickson, this was the only player that you guys both picked before you know I sent you each other's names. So I'll I feel, uh, I'll... I feel smart now. I feel smart. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew picked my guy. That's great. Great, good he, stuff, he, Andrew. He talked a big game about there wasn't going to be any overlaps, and then there was. But this was the only one. So Erickson, I'll allow you to add to uh, to Kenneth Walker here if you uh, if you'd like to. Yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Warren, because it's the right <laughs> answer. I really think that he is the number one sell high running back and hitting on the points or just kind of echoing what Theo had said about the snap share with Zach Charbonnet. Part of that is because the Seahawks have been in more competitive games and they've been facing more back and forth contests, negative game script. Look, the schedule they're playing is Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers. In what game is Seattle going to be favored in? None. Like they're, I think, one point favorites right now against the Rams. They're on the road, but that's a game that they could be trailing in. Where's Kenneth Walker? Is he on the field? No. Like Zach Charbonnet is going to be on the field when it's obvious passing downs. 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers. Like the schedule, when you look at the Fantasy Pro Strength of Schedule Tool, which I suggest everybody go check out on the website when you're kind of looking and trying to make trades, it's the worst schedule for running backs is Seattle. So not only is he losing out to work to Charbonnet, but like the matchups are not there for him to necessarily be successful and find room as a runner. Now, it's not necessarily because of the defense he's playing are bad, but it's because, again, they're trailing in these games, which... Vegas is going to kind of suggest that based on the lines, that's going to be a problem for Ken Walker. So yeah, that's why I agreed with him as a, a must sell running back. And especially it's kind of like the perfect storm, honestly, because not only was it a big play, it was a reception on his one, one of two targets. Like that's something he never does is like catch a pass and run for 60 yards for a touchdown. Like it's really the perfect storm to honestly sell high on Ken Walker with the schedule getting really, really tough coming up. Yeah. Erickson. All right. So who was your, your backup? choice that I made you pick so we can hit another name here. Ken Walker light, essentially another guy who's splitting snaps with a, a running back, uh, Brian Robinson for the commanders. Um, look, the commanders want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. Like they don't care about running the football. And that's really where Brian Robinson's strengths are. And again, I'm just selling high off a running back that doesn't traditionally get a lot of work in the receiving game for Brian. Ro I mean, that's why I'm selling Brian Robinson. Again, he ripped off a massive touchdown reception, but he's not even the lead running back in terms of, pass catching in his own backfield. Antonio Gibson, his usage has been ramped up the last three weeks. He has five plus catches, five plus targets in three straight games as Eric the is kind of dialing up more running back pass attempts to kind of protect Sam Howell, getting the ball out quicker. So he's not taking like so many sacks, but they're still throwing the ball at a higher rate than almost any other team in the NFL. That's not good for Brian Robinson because he's the early down grinder back. And again, going back to projected game script again, this week's a good, good against the giants, but Brian Robinson got shut down against the Giants a couple weeks ago. Like, this whole commander's offense got shut down. So, on paper, the matchup looks so good that you can sell high on Brian Robinson because after the Giants, the schedule is bottom five overall for running backs for the rest of the season. It's You do not want part of this commander's offense as the season progresses, especially in the fantasy playoffs. So, the matchup looks good on paper against the Giants. I would use that along with Brian Robinson's big touchdown reception, even though he's still splitting snaps with Antonio Gibson as a way to sell off of him and hopefully get something back uh, in return that's decent. 
If you guys need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels, and here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Wide receivers. The most traded wide receiver right now in the last couple of days is actually Michael Pittman. Erickson, I want to start with you. Michael Pittman, are you buying, selling, or holding him right now? I always buy wide receivers that are alphas. And Michael Pittman, straight alpha. You can't spell his name without the word alpha, but it's been on the field this year. He's just been so dominant when it comes to the target share, especially with Gardner Minshew as the quarterback. He's a screaming buy for me. Um, He's consistently putting up numbers. He's clearly the number one receiver, and I love the Colts' schedule. Rest of the season's top five in the terms of strength of schedule for wide receivers the rest of the way. He's on a bye week. I think it's the perfect opportunity to kind of strike a deal for Michael Pittman because I think he's just so consistent with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I just like this Colts' offense, like with JT, with Josh Downs, who I think is also kind of an interesting buy-low guy coming off of a knee injury where he didn't really play a lot. He should be healthy after the bye week, so I'm all aboard buying Colts players, especially with Pittman. Pittman's wide receiver 17 in our expert consensus rest of season rankings. Do you think that's too high, too low, or just right, Erickson? I'm checking right now where I have Pittman. I think I'd, I must have him higher than that. Or, no, I have him wide receiver 17, so I think spot it's on. spot on. Yeah, Theo, what do you think about that ranking? And also, are you buying, selling, or holding? I would be a little bit higher than that. I mean, if people are treating him as wide receiver 17, I think that I'm going to be absolutely buying. Um, completely agree with Andrew. And Andrew came on my podcast a few weeks back and we were talking up Michael Pittman uh, in the same light and nothing has really changed. Uh, he has a chance to set a career high in targets this year. Uh, this was an absolute bargain uh, at ADP where when you were drafting him this year in like the seventh, eighth round, it's been a perfect storm for him with Gardner Minshew behind center. And it's such a predictable target tree. It's a ton of Michael Pittman, some Josh Downs, and that's it. Maybe a little bit of JT out of the backfield. Pittman also was unlucky this past week. That was one of the weirdest plays that we've seen all year, that there was no review on that screen pass where it looked like he fell into the end zone and they called him down at the one. Um, I'm sure a lot of fantasy managers were just screaming at their TVs like I was saying, give me my touchdown right there. But Michael Pittman, rest of the season, absolutely a buy. I think he finishes as a wide receiver one, um, and I think he finishes the season strongly. Nice. I love the uh, the optimism there. Wide receiver one. I, I It seems very reasonable, though. Like, it sounds aggressive, but I'm not sure how – it's not, like, crazy or anything like that. Let's run through some actual real-life trades that have gone down in Fantasy Pros My Playbook. Again, these are real-life trades. I want to get your guys' opinion on them. Theo, I'll start with you. Michael Pittman for Rashad White. Give me Michael Pittman. Even though I like Rashad White, Rashad White's an RB1 right now, but give me Michael Pittman. Erickson, we've talked a lot about Rashad White on the show. What do you think about that one, Pittman or White? It goes down to team need. 
uh, you're, I think that you're always going to be giving up a better wide receiver for a running back just because you need. So I think it's a fair deal for teams. It's like, hey, I need a receiver, I need a running back. Let's make a deal. I think it's fair. In a vacuum, though, I would prefer Pittman. Theo, how about if you need a tight end, Michael Pittman for Sam Laporta? Oh, now you got two guys I really, really love. This is a very difficult one. Um, Because of positional scarcity and because the tight end position is actually scoring more points this year, I feel like in order to win my fantasy league, I'm going to need big tight end production. Um, So I'm going to lean Sam Laporta on that one, but it kind of hurts to say that I would trade Michael Pittman. Eric saying if you need a tight end, are you making that deal? I think so. Uh, I mean, Laporta's cooled off a little bit, but I mean, the Lions' schedule is so favorable for their offense to just keep on cooking, and he's been pretty consistent all year long. So if you're sick of, you know, again, I think it's really key, especially in the fantasy postseason, to have a tight end difference maker. That's why, like, George Kittle is so polarizing to me because as bad as he is when he has these horrible games, when he explodes... Like he wins you weeks and that's just like terrifying to face in the fantasy playoffs. So I think if you want to give yourself the best chance of winning in the playoffs against a team that probably also has a very strong tight end, like you need to combat that with a guy like Laporte who can also put up a big game against some of these other teams that have tight ends that are going to be able to put up points. So uh, I think that it's a fair trade. And if you need the tight end, I would probably make the move. Last trade here, Theo, Michael Pittman and Ken Walker for Devon Achan and Amari Cooper. Again, that's Pittman and Walker for Achan and Cooper. What do you think about that one? Give me the Achan side because I think he's potentially the league winner. Um, and I don't want to pass up uh, an opportunity to get that sort of running back production. Uh, and I think Cooper's a good enough pivot from uh, Pittman that I'm okay doing it. Erickson, are you taking the same side? Yeah, I, I think that you know, again, t- you know, waxing poetic about Michael Pittman, you know, Mari Cooper is still really solid. Like he's still a solid receiver. I don't think the difference between Pittman and Cooper is going to be as vast as the difference that could be with a Chan. Um, so I like uh, the Dolphins running back there. Guys, we are well into November and the heart of football season. Plus basketball and hockey are underway now too. And both college football and college basketball. There are so many games to watch on any given day, but wouldn't it be even better to be there live? The best way to get tickets to any of these games this month is on Game Time, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Their all in prices show your total upfront, so you always know that you're getting a great deal. And it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in just seconds with two taps. Download the Game Time app and redeem code Fantasy Pros for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code Fantasy Pros, all one word, for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Guys, I asked about Amari Cooper in that last trade. He actually is the next most traded guy at wide receiver. So I'll ask you both, and starting with you, Theo, buy, sell, or hold on Amari Cooper right now. Uh, Amari Cooper, for me, is either a hold or a buy. Uh, I think that the last few weeks have been very promising for him. Even this past week against Baltimore, this was the kind of game where a lot of fantasy managers were saying, you know, maybe I'm just going to bench my Browns. Difficult game. They're a dog, six-and-a-half-point dog. They end up beating Baltimore. You have a six-and-three team with a lot to play for, and Amari Cooper is their most consistent player on offense. 
uh, gets six catches, 98 yards this past week. He's had uh, against Arizona a fantastic game. There's there's a lot to like about Cooper, and I don't think that the trade market necessarily necessarily reflects his value. He saw the rise in ADP this summer, and then it's been kind of a cooling off period. I think he's back to kind of having the kind of production that drafters were betting on. I think down the stretch they're going to get that. So for me, I'm 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 all about getting a couple of Cooper shares. He's wide receiver 21 in the expert consensus rest of season rankings. I believe that's down three spots from where his ADP was. This is, again, in half PPR. So wide receiver 21, do you think that's too low then, Theo? I think that's about right. Mid-level right. wide receiver two, um, but also one that's consistently there that we can bank on getting there. He's less of a – it's less of like spike week Amari Cooper and more of like consistent Amari Cooper, which we like to see. You know what you're getting. What do you think about this one, Erickson? Amari Cooper, again, wide receiver 21. Are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm probably going to be holding Amari Cooper. He's not someone that I like necessarily go out to try and buy because I kind of know what he is. Like, I think that he's going to be like a top 15 guy probably rest of the season. And you always want to buy him after he has a really bad game because like those happen. So like this wouldn't be the time to buy him because when he's slated to like tee up and just go absolutely nuclear, he usually doesn't. <laughs> and then it's like vice versa, tough matchup, puts up 100 yards. So, again, if he has a down game, that's kind of what I would go after him because that's when a, a manager might get frustrated with him. But I have him wide receiver 20. I have him three spots behind Michael Pittman. So, again, I talked about how I don't see, like, a massive difference. What I would say with Cooper, though, is I would try to move him for a guy that might have a higher ceiling, like a Zay Flowers, like a Tank Dell. So, guys that are rookies where it's like, okay, maybe we haven't really seen the ceiling yet. Again, you're taking on more risk going after those guys but i think the cooper floor is again if i want to shoot for upside i think that's not cooper necessarily i think that some of these rookies i think that's a deal you can probably get done which is why i have cooper 20 tank Dell 19 say flowers 18 well i've got some would you trades here again these are real life trades that have gone down that i want to get your opinions on theo would you trade amari cooper for t higgins no, I'm holding Amari Cooper. I have worries about T. Higgins, uh, you know, injury. And the production has been better with Cooper this year as well. Erickson, what do you think on that one? Cooper or Higgins? Yeah, I think I'm kind of throwing the towel in on Higgins because like, he's just like, he's been hurt like all year. It's like all been different injuries. He's a hamstring injury, like lower body. That concerns me. And it's like, why take on all that risk when you can just keep playing Cooper? It's like, you're hoping T. Higgins just does what Cooper has done up to this point and he's hurt. So I would just probably stay the safe side with Cooper. How about Amari Cooper and Damian Pierce for Alvin Kamara, Theo? Give me the Kamara side. Erickson, do you agree? Yeah, I'd probably take the the running back in that situation, especially if I like if I if I've been like trying to start Pierce and I can get Kamara by moving. Like I would have to do that trade, even though I, I don't love Kamara necessarily. I think that the value is still too good for a running back with his workload schedule. Um, for Cooper and Damian Pierce. Last one here, Theo, Amari Cooper and Brian Robinson for Brandon Ayuk. I think that that one would be kind of roster dependent because Brian Robinson has been very productive. But if in a vacuum, give me the Ayuk side because I think Ayuk is the more likely player to kind of win weeks for me down the stretch and potentially have the spike weeks that I need in the fantasy playoffs. Erickson, again, that's Cooper and Brian Robinson for Brandon Ayuk. What do you make of that one? It's highway robbery if you get Ayuk. 
Look, if Ayuk get if Ayuk got some the volume that guys like Lamb, guys like Jefferson got, he would put up 150 yards every single week. I, I'm like so convinced that Ayuk could just be absolutely unstoppable. I'm pretty sure guys can't come from anyway. He only had three targets last week and was still super productive. So I love Brandon Ayuk. If one of these 49ers goes down down the stretch, the 49ers have like one of the best schedules for the passing game with Purdy. Like Ayuk could go absolutely nuclear. So I like Brandon Ayuk in this deal by a lot. Let's move to our buy low wide receiver segment. Theo, we'll start with you. Who's your top guy at the position? For me, it's Jalen Waddle, and I think he's kind of become like the forgotten Miami Dolphin. Uh, this year, he's averaging his lowest uh, points per game in his career, but it's still, you know, about 13.8, 13.9 points per game. In his previous two seasons, he was a plus 15 point per game guy, and we just haven't really seen the the kind of spike week production that we are used to from Waddle. Last year, he had four games with 20 points or more. Uh, this year, he has one of them. Um, and I think that right now you can kind of potentially go out and get him because he had the poor game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He failed to get to 10 PPR points. That was just a tough game for the entire Miami Dolphins offense. You also have the narrative that right now it's Tyreek Hill, it's Devon A-Chain, and he's kind of the forgotten one. But I think Jalen Waddell is just too good of a player that we're not going to have him see like weak winning fantasy numbers down the stretch. Um, I think that the spike weeks are coming. We've got Tennessee coming up. We've got Washington coming up. These kind of games are the ones where you could see, oh, Jalen Waddle scored 30 points and, and look, he's on his way back. Last year, his scoring was a lot closer to Tyreek Hill. That ship has sailed. Tyreek Hill's the better wide receiver here. But if I have a chance to go out and get Jalen Waddle and I'm paying like low end wide receiver two prices, I'm absolutely doing it. I think he's going to finish uh, closer to wide receiver 15, wide receiver 14 uh, than he is right now down in like the, the the low end wide receiver two land. Yeah, I think you could definitely see him having a really strong next month here. I do just want to ask on the finish to his schedule, weeks 15 to 17, so the fantasy playoffs are the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Those are three excellent pass defenses. Does that concern you at all if you're trading for Waddle? You know, it's funny because I think that there's a lot of this narrative with the Miami Dolphins offense in general is that the playoff schedule is going to get them. And I don't know, Andrew, last time we had a Baltimore Miami game, it, they scored some points in that one. And I think that was one where I think we were really targeting that in like underdog this summer, um, you know, for, Hey, that's the one that's going to win everybody the money. We want that Miami Baltimore game stack. So, and is Mike McDaniel going to fail to deliver on Christmas Eve for us? I think that that Cowboys-Miami game is also going to turn into a shootout. I'm going to stay very optimistic that we get Baltimore and the Baltimore and Dallas games are going to be higher scoring than people think. And I think they're going to be exciting games for us as fantasy managers. Although, you know, on paper, that Dallas one is a little yeah. bit scary. What, what do you think about those matchups and the season, Erickson? Well... Two of them are at home. So the Jets and Dallas are both at home. So you don't have to worry about like whether, oh, it's in Miami. It's fine. So I get the Baltimore one's the only one that's like, okay, you could see it being a lower scoring game. Like that's totally possible. But you could also see like Lamar and Tua just are firing all cylinders. So again, it's never going to be perfect. There's never like a schedule where it's like, oh, so perfect all the time. It's like betting on two good quarterbacks to have offenses. Cause again, everyone at the AFC right now, everyone is in it. Like everyone's trying to make the playoffs. Everyone's trying to get the seating. Like no one is really standing out above 
the rest in the AFC, it's just a mess. So I, I think that it's worth going after Waddle, especially because he just hasn't lived up to what he's usually going to do. And like before the playoffs, he has the Titans, the commanders, like those are absolute smash spots for Jalen Waddle. So maybe he doesn't do this week 17 kaboom, but he's a big reason why you get there in the first place, which is obviously half the battle when it comes to winning the fantasy football championship. Time now for our favorite segment. It's the Uber Eats player we'd give up almost, almost anything for. This week, that player is Erickson's buy-low wide receiver, Marquise Brown. Erickson, what makes Brown such a great buy-low candidate? Because he put up the worst game of the season last week with Colin Murray as quarterback. I was like, I was totally shocked by that. I was like looking at the game logs. I'm like, he actually had his worst game of the year with Colin Murray at quarterback. Like basically the thing that none of us thought could possibly happen because he's had bad Josh Dobbs, he had Clayton Toon, and yet somehow, some way, he had his worst game of the season against the Atlanta Falcons in Murray's first game back. Now, I just think that's kind of fluky. I mean, is Trey McBride going to get like 14 targets every single week? Like, probably not. He's a tight end. Like, that just doesn't necessarily happen. So, Marquise Brown got the first target in the game. He actually had five, to- five targets overall, but he had one wiped off due to a defensive pass interference call. So, Colin Murray was still looking his way, but the matchup just wasn't there for him. We see these receivers all the time. They have bad games here and there. The sample size with Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray is way too big for me to buy into this one game as, oh, well, McBride is going to run circles around Marquise Brown all year. He's never going to get targeted again. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So again, Marquise Brown, we talked about last week, is kind of like a buy low when I never really thought of him as that because like everyone knew Kyler Murray was coming back. Like, are you really buying low? Well, now that Kyler Murray came back, Marquise Brown was bad. Now I actually think you can buy low because it's that fear that, maybe is in that manager's mind as like, oh, maybe I was wrong about Kyler and Marquise Brown having this connection, but I think they still do. You know, they've gone back obviously to Oklahoma last year. uh, Marquise Brown was super productive. So especially when you look at the schedule, Houston Rams Steelers over the next three games, then the bye week, then it's 49ers bears Eagles. Like we're talking about playoff schedule. What better matchup than Marquise Brown against the Philadelphia Eagles in the fantasy football championships. Like that's a matchup that you want to play receivers in especially with Kyler Murray at quarterback. So I think Hollywood Brown is probably my favorite wide receiver by low target. Theo Hollywood Brown is wide receiver 26 rest of the season in the ECR rankings. Is that too high, too low, or just right for you? I think it might be a a little bit low because they have had so much success uh, together. You know, we talk about like the beginning of last season uh, when DeAndre Hopkins was on suspension and Hollywood Brown was giving us, you know, top six wide receiver numbers. Uh, as Kyler Murray's primary target. And I think that the the Trey McBride, like he's not going away, but he's not going to get nine targets every single week. And you also had Rondell Moore with a season high in targets and catches. I don't see that happening every single week. So Hollywood Brown is going to have some very, very good uh, fantasy scoring with Kyler Murray. I I expect him to have multiple like wide receiver two weeks coming up. And there's potential for for spike weeks there. I was very intrigued by how Kyler Murray looked. The mobility is completely there. And I think that the optimism with the franchise and the aggressiveness with the offense is there too, um, where you're going to see, I kind of like all these Arizona guys as, as buys right now. I love that answer uh, that that was Andrew's uh, buy, but I'm I'm into Hollywood Brown right now. 
Get food from your favorite restaurants plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Theo, give me your top sell high wide receiver. It's Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen right now is wide receiver nine overall in in, in points per game in PPR. Uh, and there's a lot of red flags right now. I think the offense is really struggling. We saw that with we saw that when the in the Chicago game, especially. Um, I know that Thielen like ripped the team after about their effort. It seems like there's there's a lot of bad things going on with Carolina. I think the offense is not looking like it's improving at all. We also see some red flags with with Thielen's uh, recent production and his usage. The air yards, back-to-back games with air yards of less than 50 yards for him, whereas earlier in the season we were seeing Thielen put up ridiculous air yards. And it's really just a bet on him regressing. This has been, you know, on the first half of the season, he was one of the best storylines in all of fantasy football. But now we we're at the midway point. You're talking about a 33-year-old in a bottom four offense. Carolina is only averaging 17 points per game. So I would love to pivot off of Thielen and get a wide receiver in a better offense um, that maybe has scored less points this year that I have optimistic uh, optimism on them You know, giving me some explosive points. I do not want to rely on any Carolina Panthers down the stretch. And I also don't want to rely on a 33-year-old having his best season since 2018. Uh, apologies if I missed this, but where, where would you have him ranked rest of the season? I would probably have him as a wide receiver like 19. I think that sounds about right. I think that he, that's where he's going to end up. He's scored too many points that he's not going to finish as a wide receiver too. But I think he's a wide receiver too. Um, and for the most, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about he was wide receiver three overall. And now you're gradually starting to see it decline. I think when the season ends, he'll be right around like wide receiver 20. Erickson, who's your top sell high? Chris Olave for the New Orleans Saints, because again, put up a very productive game this past week. It was all with James Winston at quarterback. Like the first target that Olave got was the play that Derek Carr got hurt on. (laughs) Like, this is the time you got to sell because the connection between Olave and Derek Carr has just been non-existent all year long. Like anyone that's owned Olave has obviously been super frustrating. He's getting all the air yards. He's getting a lot of targets. And I think that this is why it's a perfect time to sell high because Michael Thomas is injured. Oh, Chris Olave is going to get more targets. It's like, no, like he was already seeing all the targets anyway. Like he was already seeing a high target in the offense. So Michael Thomas losing games or missing games is not really a factor in my analysis to sell Chris Olave high. It's the fact that his quarterback and him don't have chemistry together. And nothing was more apparent than last week when Winston came in and immediately started peppering Olave with targets. Olave's catching touchdowns. Everyone's like celebrating and rejoicing. They're not going to go to James Winston. Like the Saints are on a bye week this week. So I expect Derek Card to clear the concussion protocol and come back. And that's why I think it's just the perfect time to sell high because this is Olave's, I think this is his best game to date. You know, he caught a touchdown. Obviously, I think he went over 100 yards. So for me, I think this is the time to cash out on Chris Olave because I just don't want to go back to pulling my hair out with him getting overthrown by Derek Carr every single week like we have seen so far this season. So um, Chris Olave for me is a sell high. 
it was his best game by fantasy points, not by yardage. He had 112 yards in week one, 104 in week three, just 94 this week. But with the touchdown to put him over the top to uh, just 18 fantasy points and half PPR. But um, it was wide receiver nine finish on the week. He's wide receiver 19 in the consensus rankings rest of the season. Do you think that's too high, too low, just right, Erickson? I mean, I'm lower on him just because of, you know, for the reasons I kind of laid out. Yeah. But based on where he is in the marketplace, like, that's appropriate for me. It's like, if I could trade Chris Olave for Michael Pittman, I would do that. I'd rather have Michael Pittman. He's clear alpha and has chemistry with his quarterback. I'd rather have Flowers. I'd rather have Tank Dell, like these talented rookies that are breaking out all over the place. Like, the thing about Olave that I, I was always concerned about was just, like, the lack of just raw fantasy points like he checked off all the boxes a rookie from an efficiency standpoint but like actual fantasy points like were non-existent from him so that's why i was concerned Derek carr is obviously one of the worst quarterbacks in the red zone that's another big thing too and they obviously use Taysom hill a lot there rather have marquise brown than chris olave he's the clear number one and he has chemistry with his quarterback so that's why i think olave again you don't need to sell him for nothing because he still has a lot to to go off of but i think that you can upgrade um, potentially or package him with someone else to really get a solid return for a lot of these guys that we've been talking about. Quickly, Theo, where do you have a lot of the rest of the season? I think that, you know, where you guys have him is about right. Um, I think somewhere in that low end wide receiver two land, but I'm with Andrew. I think this is a, a great opportunity for you to pivot. Um, I think there's going to be some frustrating weeks coming up with, with Derek Carr. Um, and unless your league is like points per air yard, um, then I, I think it's a fine time to pivot. And it was, it's also very, it was very frustrating for Alave managers that like completely invisible with Carr. And then immediately they get the, that really nice touchdown catch. And that kind of sparked a little bit of a comeback there. So it's like, where is this all along? Uh, it's, you're right. It's a chemistry thing. Completely agree with you on the Michael Pittman one. I think that's exactly the kind of trade uh, that you can make as well. Listener mailbag. Uh, I've got some listener questions here from Twitter to wrap up the show. Question number one, this actually included both Hollywood Brown and Christian Watson. We've already talked about Brown, so I'll just focus on Christian Watson. Are we dropping or holding Christian Watson after his atrocious performance in this guy's lineup? Theo, what do you think about Watson? I mean, the, the idea of having to, to drop Watson uh, is so depressing. Uh, he's, a, he's a hold. I mean, he's he still got the targets, but it's been a, it's been a nightmare season, an absolute nightmare. Erickson dropping or holding Watson. I would try to hold him. And and this is something like a bigger picture with the Green Bay Packers. I wrote about this in the, the fantasy forecast this week. The Packers have this really good schedule that's coming up for them overall for a lot of their players. Like the big issue with the Packers right now is like no one is stepping up. Like there's no one piece that's like stepping up in the offense. The target share is flat across the board, except for actually Christian Watson's getting the most targets, but he's just doing the least amount, <laughs> the least amount with them. But the schedule is really good. So the way I see it is if there were if a Packers player were to go down, like one of these guys gets hurt, I really think that would open up a lot of opportunities for one of these other guys to step up and potentially have a monster end of season stretch. So that's why I really want to preach holding Packers players on your benches. Like it's really hard any week to be like, oh, yeah, start Dobbs, start Jaden Reed, start Luke Musgrave. Like it's really hard to press the button on them, except Musgrave because he's just tight end. But a lot like looking at the schedule. You have Chargers. That's a great matchup. Lions, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings. Like, that's a really good schedule offensively. And the thing is, like, that's why the Packers are so hard and polarizing because it's not one guy that's really stepped up this season. 
But if there were an injury to go to happen to one of these guys, like you would see the targets flow towards other players who are talented. Like we know they have a lot of talent on their roster. So for those reasons, I would like try to hold on to Christian Watson just because it just hasn't really cultivated anything. Maybe he's not healthy, but for those reasons, I'd like to try to hold him along with guys like Jaden Reed, like Romeo Dobbs. Like, I want to try to hold these Packers if I can, even if I can't confidently start them, even though this week is a good matchup against the Chargers. Next question is a dynasty one. This guy has Achan and Herbert coming off IR this week in a dynasty league. He needs to open up spots for them. Nobody wants to trade, so he's wondering who he should drop. He says he ha- is set at his starting positions for quarterback, running back, and receiver. The five names he gave me, and I do think that this is obvious, a couple of them not to drop. The five ga- five names he asked me who she- he should drop, two of them. Zach Charbonnet, the Dallas or Cleveland defense. I guess there's defenses in this dynasty league. Zach Moss, or Kyler Murray. Now, I'm thinking there's no way we can pick Charbonnet and Kyler Murray, so it's one of the defenses and Zach Moss, right, Theo? Yeah, 100%. Drop one of the defenses or drop Zach Moss. That's uh, interesting to roster two defenses on a dynasty um, league, so it it seems kind of pretty obvious. You have Dallas defense, just drop Cleveland. It's pretty simple right there. Yeah, Erickson, do you agree with that? Um, I actually, I think I'd rather drop Khalil Herbert. I, I mean, oh, look, really? if we're talking dynasty here, Zach Moss is a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to get paid. Point. Khalil Herbert is going to be a backup probably. So I, I get like you want it. He's the guy that was viewed as a starter. <laughs> Spoiler, like he's not getting his starting job back. <laughs> like again, like he could play and like, it's going to be a gross committee, but Zach Moss, like, you know, you can't start him, but JT goes down week 16 and you have Zach Moss. You're starting him as a top 10 running back that week. Is Khalil Herbert ever going to be positioned the rest of the season to ever be a top 10 running back? Probably not, especially with all the running backs they have. So again, agree on dropping the defense, but I would keep Zach Moss, especially with him hitting free agency next year. He could have more value than Khalil Herbert, who, I mean, basically has been a bust all season. You know, he was hurt. So um, yeah, that's how, that's what I, maybe that's a little contrarian, but I would want to keep Moss. I like that. Moss is only 25 years old as well. So I think he's going to be appealing. Second round pick. Yeah. He's got draft capital. Yeah. Like that's something Herbert doesn't have. So that hurts him. Like that. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. Erickson, just quickly, of the defenses, are you also dropping Cleveland and keeping Dallas? Not that we really rank dynasty defenses, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have to look at, like, the schedules more specifically because I would really be more focused on, like, this year in particular. Um, I mean, it's a good problem to have, obviously, like, between, like, both got, both defenses because they're both elite. So I guess I'll just try to, like, figure out which one will hurt me less <laughs> if someone else picks them up and plays them against me. Yeah. So I'd probably just look at that playoff schedule and, and probably make my decision based on that. All right, quickly on this last question here, can Puka Nakua, Calvin Ridley, or Deontay Johnson be trusted as weekly starts? I don't really see these three names as in the same category, but this is the question as it was asked. Can Puka Nakua, Calvin Ridley, or Deontay Johnson be trusted as weekly starts, Theo? Yes, I trust Puka Nakua as a weekly start. Matt Stafford should be back. Kyron Williams is coming back. The offense is going to be like it was earlier in the season. Um, Puka Nakua is fine to start every week. That's a champagne problem. If you're worried about yeah. not starting Puka Nakua. Erickson, what do you think? Maybe on those other two names, Ridley, Deontay Johnson. I mean, Ridley's the only guy I can't start. Yeah. Really like consistently. He's a boomer, but I mean, he's like, I mean, I hate to like throw this combat there, but he's pretty much Gabe Davis at this point. Like he's, <laughs> he's got to become Gabe Davis where it's like, yeah, I'll have a couple big games here and there, but he's Oof. not the focal point of the offense that is struggling right now. Like Trevor Lawrence is like not playing well. So again, he's going to have spike weeks. They've got some good matchups coming up, but He's really more matchup dependent, whereas Puka, feel good about him and Deontay. 
Deontay gets targets. Like, he's done that historically throughout his NFL career. So I feel even better about his floor week to week than Calvin Ridley, who is, again, just Gabe Davis South at this point. We will get out of here on that one. Thank you again to Theo for making the time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching today's show. For Theo and Erickson, I am Ryan Warmly. We will see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.